It's June the 13th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this adventure, this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation. Here we are, the middle of June, close to the middle of the year. We're almost halfway through our reading of God's Word, and today we are deep inside the genealogies of First Chronicles. In fact, today we're going to be talking about First Chronicles 7, 8, and 9. Now, before I do that, let me read you something. This came from a friend who is a few years older than me. Ray, back in the late 40s and early 50s, I can remember lying on the floor in front of the huge radio, listening to the announcer bring to life the Sunday morning comics. I'm not comparing the comics to God's Word, but that you bring Scripture to life. Your reading gives me the feeling of being there. Keep up the great work God has given you. I want to thank my friend for his kind word, and, and I understand what he's saying. I've always thought, if you read the Bible the way you read the phone book, you're really missing the point. Uh, it ought to excite us. It ought to stir us. It ought to challenge us. We ought to get into it because it is God's Word. Now, I think the excitement in these first nine chapters uh, of the genealogy, if I'm watching these videos, the real excitement is, I wonder how well Pastor Ray's going to do all those names. Well, it depends on what the name is. Uh, some of them are pretty difficult to pronounce. And you know my philosophy, just say it loud and fast and keep on moving. Now, a reminder too, that the book of First Chronicles has two parts. There's nine chapters of genealogy, then starting in chapter 10 through 29, it's a retelling of the story of King David. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But what are we going to do with these genealogies? Well, all of it was meant to remind the Jews who had returned from Babylon. If this book was indeed written 430 B.C. by Ezra, as Jewish tradition suggests, and I think that's probably right, then this was a reminder to the Jews who had come back from Babylon and to their descendants that God was in charge of every aspect of Jewish history that the Israelite nation still existed because of the goodness of the Lord. So we start with Adam, and we come down to Abraham, and then from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to all the boys who found, who found the 12 tribes of Israel. Eventually, there's a focus on David, because David is really, his story is one we're going to get to starting tomorrow. Uh, that's really important. And also, the, the, the temple and the worship of God at the temple. So you have here in like chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, you have a list. You have the genealogy of the tribes. We started with Judah, and you've got Simeon, and you've got Reuben, and you've got Gad, and you've got Manasseh. And, and here and there, you, you know, at, uh, as in chapter 4, the writer stops to make a comment about Jabez. You remember the book about Jabez that was so popular a few years ago. That's the interesting thing about this book. You've got this uh, genealogy, but here and there we get some commentary and some insight. So today, in chapter 7, 8, and 9, we're going to look at chapter 7, a number of the tribes, starting with Issachar, and we're going to get that again in chapter 8, a little focus at the end there about the genealogy leading up to Saul. And in chapter 9, very important, we're going to get the genealogy of the Jews who returned from Babylon. 
Okay? So, one other word. There, if we think of 1 and 2 Chronicles as one book, which they were in the Hebrew Bible, if we think of Chronicles this way, you know what book you ought to put with it? Malachi. The only book that could have been written after 1 and 2 Chronicles was the book of Malachi. So when we read this, even though it's a retelling of history, genealogy, and all of that, this is, this is the last book of the Old Testament, along with Malachi. It's looking back to say, look at the history. That ought to give you some clue as to what's going to happen in the future. Enough of that. First Chronicles 7. Issachar's sons, Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron, four. Tola's sons, Uzai, Rephiah, Jeriel, Jemai, Ibsam, Shemuel, the heads of their ancestral families. During David's reign, 22,600 descendants of Tola were recorded as valiant warriors in their family records. Uzai's sons, Israhiah, Israhiah's sons, Michael, Obadiah, Joel, Ishiah, all five of them were chiefs. Along with them, they had 36,000 troops for battle, according to the family records of their ancestral families, for they had many wives and children. Their tribesmen, who were valiant warriors belonging to all the families of Issachar, totaled 87,000 in their genealogies. Three of Benjamin's sons, Bela, Beker, and Jediael, Bela's sons, Esmon, Uzai, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Eri, five. They were valiant warriors and heads of their ancestral families. 22,034 were listed in their genealogies. Beaker's sons, Jemira, Joash, Eliezer, Eliani, Omri, Jeremoth, Abijah, Anathoth, and Alameth. All these were Beaker's sons. Their family records were recorded according to the heads of their ancestral families, 20,200 valiant warriors. Judiah El's son, Bilhan. Bilhan's sons, Jeus, Benjamin, Ehud, Chinna'ana, Zethan, Tarshish, and Ahishahar. All these sons of Jediael, listed by family heads, were valiant warriors. There were 17,200 who could serve in the army. Shupim and Hupim were sons of Ir, and the Hushim were the sons of Ahir. Naphtali's sons, Jaziel, Gunai, Jezer and Shalom, Bilhah's sons, Manasseh's sons, through his Arab Mean concubine, Azrael and Maker, the father of Gilead. Maker took wives from Hupim and Shupim. The name of his sister was Ma'akah. Another descendant was named Zelophehad, but he only had daughters. Maker's wife, Ma'akah, gave birth to a son, and she named him Piresh. His brother was named Sheresh, and his sons were Ulam and Recham. Ulam's son, Bedan. These were the sons of Gilead, son of Maker, son of Manasseh. His sister, Hamolechath, gave birth to Ishad, Abiezer, and Melah. Shemida's sons, Ahian, Shechem, Lichai, and Aniam. Ephraim's sons, Shulathah, and his son, Bered. His son, Tehath, his son, Eliadah, and his son, Tehath, his son, Zabad, his son, Shuthalah, also Ezer, and Eliad. The men of Gath, born in the land, killed them because they went down to raid their cattle. Their father, Ephraim, mourned a long time, and his relatives came to comfort him. He slept with his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to a son, so he named him 
Beriah because there had been misfortune in his home. His daughter was Sheerah, who built lower and upper Beth Horon and Uzan Sheerah. His son Repha, his son Reseph, his son Telah, his son Tehan, his son Ladan, his son Amihud, his son Elishama, his son Nun, and his son Joshua. See, we know that name. Their holdings and settlements were Bethel and his surrounding villages, Nehiron to the east, Gezer and its villages to the west, and Shechem and its villages as far as Ayah and its villages, and along the borders of the descendants of Manasseh, Beth Shan, Ta'anath, Megiddo, and Dor, with their surrounding villages. The sons of Joseph, son of Israel, lived in these towns. Asher's sons, Imnah, Ishva, Ishvai, and Bariah, with their sister, Sirah. Bariah's sons, Heber and Malkiel, who fathered Birzaith. Heber fathered Japhlet, Shomer, and Hotham, with their sister, Shua. Japhlet's sons, Pesach, Bimhal, and Ashvath. These were Japhlet's sons. Shemer's sons, Ahi, Roga, Huba, and Aram. His brother, Helam's sons, Zophah, Imna, Shelesh, and Amal. Zophah's sons, Sua, Harnefer, Shual, Birai, Imra, Bezer, Had, Shama, Shilshah, Ithran, and Beerah. Shether's sons, Jephunneh, Pispa, and Ara. Ula's sons, Ara, Haniel, and Reziah. All these were Asher's descendants. They were the heads of their ancestral families, chosen men, valiant warriors, and chiefs among their leaders. Their number of men listed in their genealogies for military service was 26,000. Now, in 1 Chronicles 8, Saul's name is going to pop up here. You're going to see Jonathan going to pop up again in 1 Chronicles chapter 9. This is setting everything up for the death of Saul in chapter 10 and the introduction to the story of David. So we pick it up, chapter 8. Benjamin followed Belah, his firstborn. Ashbel was born second, Ahara third, Nohah fourth, and Rapha fifth. Belah's sons, Adder, Girah, Abihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoa, Girah, Shephuphan, and Huram. These were Ehud's sons, who were the heads of the families living in Geba and who were deported to Manahath, Naaman, Ahijah, and Gira. Gira deported them and was the father of Uzzah and Ahihud. Shaharim had sons in the territory of Moab after he had divorced his wives Hushim and Baarah, his sons by his wife Hodesh, Jobab, Zebiah, Misha, Malcolm, Jeuz, Sakiah, and Mirmah. These were his sons' family heads. He also had sons by Hushim, Abitub, and Elpa'ah. Elpa'ah's sons, Eber, Misham, and Shemed, who built Ono and Lod and its surrounding villages. Bariah and Shema, who were the family heads of Ajalon's residence and who drove out the residents of Gath, Ahio, Sheshach, and Jeremoth. Zebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ishpah, and Johah were Bariah's sons. Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizkai, Heber, Ishmurai, Isliah, and Jobab were Elpa'ah's sons. Jacob, Zikri, Zabdi, Eli-Enai, and Zilathai, Eliel, Adiah, Bariah, and Shimrath were 
Shemaiah's sons, Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anthothijah, Ifdiah, and Penuel were Shashak's sons, Shamshirai, Shahirai, Athaliah, Jaarashiah, Elijah, and Zikri were Jeroham's sons. These were family hits, chiefs, according to their family records. They lived in Jerusalem. Jael fathered Gibeon and lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Maacah. Abdon was his firstborn son, then Zur, Kish, Baal, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zeker, and Mikloth, who fathered Shemiah. These also lived opposite their relatives in Jerusalem with their other relatives. Ner fathered Kish, Kish fathered Saul, and Saul fathered Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadam, and Eshbael. Jonathan's son was Meribael, and Meribael fathered Micah. Micah's sons, Python, Melech, Thariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Jehoada. Jehoada fathered Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri, and Zimri fathered Moza. Moza fathered Benia. His son was Rapha, his son Elasa, and his son Azel. Azel had six sons, and these were their names. Azrikam, Bokiru, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were Azel's sons. His brother Eshek's sons. Ulam was his firstborn, Jeus his second, and Eliphalet third. Ulam's sons were valiant warriors and archers. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 of them. All these were Benjamin's sons. Now, 1 Chronicles 9, final chapter of the genealogy. We're going to start in this chapter talking about the descendants, the genealogy of those who came back from Babylon. Really important, really important after that devastating deportation. Then the chapter is going to end specifically with Saul's genealogy, setting us up for the end of the story in chapter 10. Here we go. All Israel was registered in the genealogies that are written in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was exiled to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. The first to live in their towns on their own property again were Israelites, priests, Levites, and temple servants. These people from the descendants of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh settled in Jerusalem. Uthai, son of Amihud, son of Omri, son of Emri, son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah, from the Shilonites, Isaiah the firstborn and his sons, and from the descendants of Zerah, Jewel and their relatives, 690 in all, the Benjaminites, Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodaviah, son of Hasanua, Ibniah, son of Jeroham, Elah, son of Uzai, son of Mikri, Meshulam, son of Shephatiah, son of Ruel, son of Ibnijah, and their relatives, according to the family records, 956 and all. All these men were heads of their ancestral families, the priests, Jediah, Jehoiarib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Marioth, son of Ahitub, the chief official of God's temple, Adiah, son of Jeroham, son of Pashur, son of Malchijah, Maasai, son of Adiel, son of Jezerah, son of Meshulam, son of Meshulamith, son of Immer, and their relatives, the heads of their ancestral family, 1760 in all. They were capable men employed in the ministry of God's temple, the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hashub, son of Azrakam, son of 
Hashabiah of the Merorites, Bakar, Heresh, Galal, and Mataniah, son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Jejuthan, and Barakiah, son of Asen, Asa, son of Elkanah, who lived in the settlements of the Nitophalites, the gatekeeper Shalom, Akub, Talmud, Ahiman, and their relatives. Shalom was their chief. He was previously stationed at the king's gate on the east side. These were the gatekeepers from the camp of the Levites. Shalom, son of Kor, son of Ebiasaph, son of Korah, and his relatives from his ancestral family, the Korahites, were assigned to guard the thresholds of the tent. Their ancestors had been assigned to the Lord's camp as guardians of the entrance. In earlier times, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, had been their leader, and the Lord was with him. Zechariah, son of Meshalimai, was the gatekeeper at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The total number of those chosen to be gatekeepers at the thresholds was 212. They were registered by genealogy in their settlements. David and the seer Samuel had appointed them to their trusted positions, so they and their sons were assigned as guards to the gates of the Lord's temple, which had been the tent temple. The gatekeepers were on the four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their relatives came from their settlements at fixed times to be with them seven days, but the four gatekeepers who were Levites were entrusted with the rooms and the treasuries of God's temple. They spent the night in the vicinity of God's temple because they had guard duty and were in charge of opening it every morning. Some of them were in charge of the utensils used in worship. They would count them when they brought them in and when they took them out. Others were put in charge of the furnishings and all the utensils of the sanctuary, as well as the fine flour, wine, oil, incense, and spices. Some of the priest's sons mixed the spices. A Levite called Matathiah, the firstborn of Shalom the Korahite, was entrusted with baking the bread. Some of the Korahite's relatives were responsible for preparing the rows of the bread of the presence every Sabbath. The singers, the heads of the Levite family, stayed in the temple chambers and were exempt from other tasks because they were on duty day and night. These were the heads of the Levite family's chiefs, according to their family records. They lived in Jerusalem. Giel fathered Gibeon and lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Maacah. Abdon was his firstborn son, then Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth fathered Shimeon. These also lived opposite their relatives in Jerusalem with their other families. Ner fathered Kish. Kish fathered Saul. Saul fathered Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan's son was Meribaal, and Meribaal fathered Micah. Micah's sons, Python, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Jerah. Jerah fathered Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri fathered Mozah. Mozah fathered Beniah. His son was Rephiah, his son Elisah, and his son Azel. Azel had six sons, and these were their names, Azrakim, Bakaru, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hinan. These were Azel's sons. Thus ends the reading of the genealogy, chapters 1 through 9. All is prepared now. All has happened as God intended. We started with Adam, and we've come now to King Saul. I mean, this is it. From Adam to King Saul, just showing just these different lines and the different tribes, but all of it, all of it ordained by God. What is history? Remember, history is his story. 
And out of these names, which uh, are hard to pronounce, certainly, and some of these names, we just don't know. We don't know anything about some of these people, except they're found in the records. But they had a part. They had a place. They fulfilled God's plan. They moved the plan along until you finally get to Saul. And then the door is going to open up and in it's going to walk the greatest king Israel ever had, a man by the name of David. God knows what he's doing. You got that? You got it? <laughs> out of all of this, God knows what he's doing and he is doing it. He is working out his plan in history. He's a transgenerational God. He knows what he's doing in the big picture. And he knows what he's doing in the microscopic details. And somewhere between the big picture and the microscopic details is where you and I fit in. God has a plan for you and for me, and he's working it out through us. So uh, that ought to give you some encouragement. Trust in the Lord. When you can't see, when you don't understand, God has put you where you are. You are where you are because God wants you there. You're a part of the unfolding drama of God's story in the world. So go out, have a great day, live by faith, do what you can while you can, and come back tomorrow. We're done with the genealogy. Now we're going to get into the story of Saul and David. See you back here tomorrow. God bless.